renewable energy system is undergoing a huge transition, with the costs of renewable energy becoming more competitive versus traditional sources, along with increased public awareness and pressure. Renewable energy is becoming the mainstream energy source for many, no longer an alternative just for the progressive few. Listen each week as Brant Handley and Christian Crown, founding partners of Renew Executive Search, interview renewable energy and sustainability experts that are not only making a difference to the environment, but are also growing successful businesses. Listen and learn about what attracted these experts to renewables, why they've stayed in the sector, and how they are helping renewable companies create a better tomorrow. We know you'll enjoy these stories as much as Brandt and Christian enjoyed recording them. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are looking forward to you joining us as we dive deeper on how renewables are going mainstream. Today's guest is Tom Selden, founder and president of Transition Energy. With an extensive background in finance, Tom started researching renewable energy during his time as an oil and bond trader on the Chicago Board of Trade. Realizing a tremendous economic and social benefit to provide society, Tom broadened his knowledge while enrolled in a specialized MBA program for renewable energy. Tom made the transition to the energy and solar industry, applying his financial background throughout the journey. Tom's experience, motivation, and vision took him to the next level, and he started Transition Energy in early 2019. Transition Energy primarily develops and finance mid-sized solar projects and is gearing up for a huge market opportunity during this transition to the new era of energy. Welcome to Renewables Going Mainstream, Tom. Well, thank you very much, Christian and Brett. Great to have you with us, Tom. Likewise. Great, Tom. Why don't you start out by telling us a bit about yourself? Uh, sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like you said, I started Transition Energy uh, last year. We're based here in sunny Southern California, what I, I like to think as uh, ground zero for solar and uh, many of the renewable space anyway. Um, originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and went to college out there. Uh, I started off with a, a uh, major in accounting and finance. And I think like most people, I started off uh, thinking that I'd be on a linear career path. I had aspirations of being a, a CPA and such, uh, but uh, I think as we'll talk about here soon is that uh, it it was you know I wasn't bouncing around over the place, but it was it was mostly a nonlinear uh, career path which uh, led me out here to renewables. What really took you off that uh, that path and into the renewables? I worked for the acquisitions department at uh, General Nutrition Centers in Pittsburgh. I moved out to, uh, there was a job opening with them in uh, Southern California. And uh, a few twists and turns uh, with, a, with a good friend. His uncle was opening a, uh, a trading firm out here in Southern California. Uh, thought I might be interested in a good fit. So I started trading U.S. Treasuries and uh, on the Chicago Board of Trade. Eventually, had a seat on the Chicago Board of Trade. Uh, started started trading Treasuries, which but also led to other commodities such as oil, and that was in the the mid to mid to late two thousands, uh, right before the the financial crisis. And as I was trading oil, that led me into a lot of research just in energy in general, 
And you know that was that was also the time where uh, climate change was really starting to to make the headlines, if you will, like with with Al Gore and 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 other um, uh, other people like that. And so I really dug into it. And even though I, w- I was having a lucrative and great career uh, with uh, as a trader on the Chicago Board of Trade, uh, you know there was this nagging feeling that wouldn't go away. This nagging voice. Uh, that says, "Hey, there, there's something better. I want you to look into to energy and solar and renewables." Um, so, after about a, a year or more of discernment, it was a very difficult choice, but I eventually had to give into that to that my conscience and follow that path. So that's what led me here today. What was it that really that attracted you? Fight, you know, they had that inkling, but was it the environmental aspect? Was it the emerging industry? What was it really that? Or the financial side, perhaps, given your background? Yeah. Well, you, you guys just nailed it all right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the short answer, but the the longer answer is yeah, the um, uh, all of those the uh, the environmental aspect uh, that I, I can't say that one or another one of those aspects really took center stage. Uh, the I, I felt like there was a, a bigger sense of purpose, you know, for hmm. my career. So that was a big draw. The yeah, sure. There, there's the financial aspect. One of the things that trading really taught me was to identify market opportunities quickly, and uh, I, I thought that that's what was going on here. I, I felt like there was this going to be this transition, if you will, uh, to uh, renewables. And I uh, took took that chance as a risk taker. I took that chance, so that was a big draw too. That big market opportunity, and then there was also the uh, energy aspect, or I should say, technical aspect, where you know uh, the the physics behind it, the science, the the gadget type thing. You know, all, all those things combined, and, and when you combine all those interests and, and my skills, not to mention the finance behind it, it was. And I'll tell you a little more about that, but everything seemed to be at like the perfect intersection of my skills and my interests and my purpose. And when you, when you combine all those things together um, and you wake up every day with a, that, that sense of purpose and motivation, that that's a great thing. And, and I haven't lost it since. Fantastic. What, what do you think you do as it make that really makes a difference in the renewables as president of transition energy? I believe it's, it's really you know one of the the uh, uh, purposes. I, I, the reasons I started the the company was that I, I saw a demand for the projects. If you know, and, and I'm going to jump over to the investment side. You know, the the uh, these large projects are seen by investors as another asset class, if, if you will, very much like bonds. They're, they're valued a lot like bonds. I won't get into the details there, uh, but the the market was demanding these projects, and I I just wanted to give the market what it wanted. And and, uh, and and also provide a, a great uh, bit of value for customers who are you know who want renewable energy, um, and also help out with the world's big problems. What do you think is the most sort of significant uh, contribution you make towards the industry or clients? Uh, yeah, I'll start with the interest industry, and it's uh, just what I touched upon there. The the projects are are what uh, I believe is the biggest contribution to the industry. Uh, there's this uh, not only the the investors demanding it. There's this big wall of capital uh, out there that the industry terms it, and you know, money's looking for a place to go with the the stock market, as you know, all time highs here, uh, and the returns on bonds very low. The the money is an investors looking for a better place to put their capital. Uh, so when it comes to the larger projects, we also do much smaller projects too, and even residential. But 
uh, in, in terms of those big projects, um, I'm giving investors what they want. Um, and so for, for our clients, uh, I, I am giving them you know, savings and also the renewable energy benefits. Most of the time, these projects uh, are, are cheaper than what they're paying the utility and much simpler. Could you talk a little bit more about your product and and sort of how it sort of how it's is it bundle single project how how does it work? It is a little bit of both. Mostly we do single one off projects. Uh, we are in the commercial space and uh, we do project development for uh, larger projects, uh, you know, five hundred kilowatts and uh, larger. Uh, we like to stick to that small pa- space between five hundred kilowatts and say three megawatts. Um, without going into the utility scale. Uh, however, we also, uh, we don't turn away smaller projects. We, uh, on the commercial side, we offer financing for those uh, as well. And then even residential, we, we at first we weren't going to go into the res- residential space, but uh, the writing was on the wall. We said, why not? We had experience in it and we, we know it well. Um, so uh, the, towards the end of last year, we decided to go into that as well. Do you develop the project yourself or do you help other developers get financing through that project or, or how, do, how does that work? Uh, both, both. Uh, we, we, we typically start the uh, organic sales process our, ourselves. Uh, I mean, we, we go out and develop, we start from square one. Uh, we identify you know, targets and, and clients, prospects who might need that, such as cities, uh, nonprofits, you know, businesses, other organizations. Um, however, we also have uh, a network of uh, solar companies around the country, and a lot of times they're doing their projects uh, and they want financing. So they'll co- they'll come to us, and uh, whether it's a lease or a PPA or whatnot, we we just help them whatever with whatever product we have and that suits their needs. What would you say? Is sort of some of the important things about being successful in renewables. I'd say hands down, it's adaptation. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yes, uh, without a doubt, yeah, there has been a lot of changes. I would say the, the renewables really started taking off at the beginning of the, the turn of the century here in the millennium. And uh, ever since then, the market has seen that, yes, there's a need and a, and a, a want for these, for these products. And, and um, uh, so th- there's been a lot of changes, regulatory, you know, at, at every state level, every state has their own. Uh, regulations with this, so you're talking 50 right off the bat, and then there's the federal and even the state. It, they and don't the make it easy. Level. No, not at all. So not only are all these governments involved in having their their different uh, regulations and rules, but then then there's the uh, utilities as well. So and, and again, every region has its own utility, and every state has its own uh, public utility commission, mostly. So you're talking a lot of different changes. And that you got to keep on top of if you're uh, if you're in a state or attacking a certain region, that's one thing. But when you're more nationwide um, and trying to identify other opportunities across the country, uh, there's a lot to keep up on. So the it's it's tech, it's always changing, not just the regulations, but then that's on top of the technology, you know, with battery storage and the photovoltaics. Uh, so there's a lot going on right now as we are transitioning to this. So adaptation is probably the most important thing about being successful in renewables. You mentioned, uh, Tom, that, um, you know, it's really been kind of a turn of the century thing. We, we've seen that too with a lot of our clients and as we toward solar and wind and even biofuel, um, you know, the, the global energy system is really undergoing a huge transition. Um, you know, I remember growing up, um, you know, we always talked about alternative energy, 
right? We have no alternatives anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this great. is mainstream for us. And, you know, if you had to kind of just take a global view, even stepping back from solar where you're more intimately involved, you know, there, there's obviously a lot more work to do. What, what do you think some of the key things are to get, you know, governments, people, and, and everyone thinking the way that you are thinking and that we're trying to get others, obviously, to think as well about renewable energy? Uh, so there, there's been this big... A tra- transition. People at first needed educated on solar. They've been using fossil fuels for. We've been using fossil Forever. fuels for what? Yeah, yeah 150 <laughs> years now, right? Right, right. <clears throat> and uh, so people are are very uh, reluctant to change, as we know ourselves included. And so when you when you when there's this big change involved, and you're throwing at everybody, and, and you know maybe forcing it down their throats, there's going to be this phase uh, of education and we're, we're we've gone through much of that already mm. um so I, I believe so, at least for solar and wind you know it's clean people are putting on on their rooftops so there is no not in my backyard you know right. for for much of these things right and uh so it, it's accepted you know and uh so i that was a a great big thing there so but we're still going uh there's still a lot of people out there who are reluctant or at least want to know more about it before they start putting yeah. it on their rooftops or their buildings or wherever um, so I, I, I think that, uh, uh, to, to answer your question was, uh, you know, what needs to be done here? Yeah. Um, uh, so when it comes down to the individual, you, we have the education there. Um, it's more at the regulatory, there's going to be a lot of pushback and re- reluctance and, um, uh, from utilities. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about utilities here, there's, uh, they've been using the same business model for over a hundred years since Thomas, mm. Thomas Edison. Right. So, uh, of course, when that's working, and when uh, when they're guaranteed a certain profit, ten percent generally, then uh, yeah, that that's a they've been they have been reaping the benefits of that for one hundred years. So there's going to be a lot of pushback when they're when they're forced to change, and I can't and I, that's what's going on right now. So we see a lot of resistance there, unfortunately. So uh, uh, the to answer your question really is I think that's where a lot of our uh, efforts need to be made is is um, you know, more of an encouragement and trying to find those solutions to uh, getting large-scale and small-scale solar and other renewables uh, accepted and, and through attached to the grid more easily. Yeah. Well, it's education, right, too. And, and you know, we hope that this podcast in some way plays a role. We we know that probably half of the folks listening today, you know, may not have ever worked in renewables or, you know, maybe is, are looking at some sort of a career change. And one of the things that our other guests have, have done, uh, Tom, and if this is something you can share, you know, on a non-confidential basis is, you know, tell us a couple of case studies, uh, things that you've been involved with, which really made a difference with the client. Maybe it was economic. Maybe it was, you know, from a sustainable standpoint. Maybe it was a combination of both. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about some of those experiences? Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about a few. A few of them come to mind at first, so I'd like to talk about two or three there. Um, the, the first one that comes to mind is uh, right now we're, we're just about to start construction on a large solar project uh, in Northern California for a uh, large farming and cattle ranch. And um, yeah, so uh, solar is one of those things that are typically good for farmers. Um, number one, this particular client uh, is is they've been around for about forty or fifty years now. Their their ranch and sustainability is really important to them. You know, they've they've won awards and uh, they wanted to c- continue down that same path. So 
uh, we are we've developed a project for them to to fit that. Of course, uh, you know, solar is it's going to be right smack in the middle of their their um, farmland, uh, so it's going to be uh, visible. Uh, but uh, very important that they get their uh, energy uh, from a renewable and clean source. Uh, they another thing that's important to them is energy independence. And uh, being being in California, and, and Brad, you're out here in California, so uh, I, I'm not so sure about the the rest of the world or country. But the wildfires here last oh, yeah. year in in California uh, made the headlines, sure. Yeah. And then, and more recently in Australia, but uh, one of the consequences of those, um, especially up in Northern California area, are that uh, now customers and, and millions, if not tens of millions of customers are affected by these. And uh, they want more independence from the utilities and relying on just one monopolistic utility you know, to get their energy. Right. Uh, so that was also important to this client. So mm. we're, we're giving them that. Independence. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. independence. And then also, of course, the uh, uh, you you said it, uh, Brant, it was the financing piece as well. We're we're giving this customer a a uh, immediate 15% savings off their utility on day wow. one. They, they, really? They, yeah. That's yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think anybody, any business would be happy to reduce any large line item expense by 15% yeah. immediately. So um, it, we're giving all three. We're giving them sustainability. We're giving them energy independence. And we're also giving them financing. What's the payout for them? You know, I remember, you know, growing up in Southern California and solar, you know, I remember there was discussions, oh, you know, it takes 20, 30 years, but it's worth it. You know, 20, 30 years. I mean, like yeah. when I was a teenager, I'm like, man, I'm going to be old then, right? You know, yeah, exactly. I, I can't <laughs> yeah. even imagine waiting that yeah. long. Are uh, payout periods improved? Tom, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, they have, yeah, as yeah. the price of solar has come down. Right. But it, it also depends on how you finance it. So if you mm. pay cash for a system, and I'll just be real uh, a high level overview here, if you pay cash yeah the the uh the payout or the break-even point is going to be uh, six, seven years, we'll say. But this this particular well, project- Well, that's a lot better than 20 or 30. It, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, to pay, actually pay a premium for it. But uh, this particular project is, we finance this with what's known as a power purchase agreement, a PPA, mm. with, with hopefully uh, many listeners may be familiar with. And with that, there's very little upfront cost. Mm. Um, and so they're literally, the, the day that that, Systems turned on, they're saving money immediately. So wow. the pay the payoff is immediate. It's That's instant. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's if you finance it that way, it, it depends on how you finance it. Uh, but I, I'd also like to. Yeah, that was a big project. I'd also like to uh, uh, touch upon how we're helping uh, smaller businesses yeah. and even uh, individuals with homeowners. Uh, we more recently we have um, uh, financed a small hardware store in in Massachusetts. Uh, with a lease that there's a lot of great incentive programs going on in Massachusetts for renewable energy. And uh, same thing with this, their businesses and customers are really taking advantage of this. They're seeing the benefit of this. Uh, Again, we're offering them um, a a significant savings from day one. Um, These economics are hard to pass up. Uh, And and that one was with finance with the lease, a little differently there, but still cash flow positive from day one. And then also on the residential side, uh, one of our target markets here, uh, Transition Energy, uh, is our electric vehicle owners, uh, individuals here. So uh, the you know there's going to be a, a large there's going to be some proliferation here with electric vehicles, uh, and it's, it's starting now. 
And, and we recognize that, you know, these long-term trends with the electrification of everything, not just transportation, but uh, uh, many things. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things, I have an electric vehicle myself. I have solar on my house. And one thing people don't really know is that uh, with you know, solar costs, if you charge your electric vehicle with solar, it costs about one-fourth as much as the cost of gasoline. You know, and, and, and yeah, and, and so you, there's amazing operating savings right there. And, and again, the economics are really hard to ignore. So, so let me get this straight. So essentially, you've got solar in the home, right? So you're providing your electricity in the home. And then when you connect your electric vehicle, you're connecting it literally to your solar energy source. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's so fixed. you really get a double savings. Yeah. You do. You absolutely do. And I, once people understand this and the, the value that renewable energy brings to the entire market for, for many reasons, uh, it, it's just going to even make more sense. And then uh, once the dominoes start falling, it, you, you just won't be able to stop. Yeah. What do you see as some of the most significant obstacles, uh, Tom, in, in kind of moving society and, and people uh, closer to you know renewables becoming mainstream? Yeah, uh, I, you know they're they're an easy target, and I touched upon this earlier. It's it's the utilities. Uh, they're they're they um they're really getting in the way. Although some will say, or at least give the uh, uh, give the illusion that they are, you know, for renewables and whatnot. But uh, the, the reality is, when you start digging in and trying to connect these projects. There's a lot of delays. There's a lot of cost and they almost hold you at ransom, at least. Now, these are all my opinions, but um, if I had to pick one obstacle, it would be uh, the utilities. Yeah. Yeah. And there, is it because they're empowered by local government? Is it just their own, you know, kind of muscle that's been developed over the yeah. years? I mean, how, you know, how can that change in your view? Yeah, so I, I believe it's a, a lot of it's due to this reluctance to change and their reliance yeah. on their uh, very antiquated and 100 plus year old uh, business Systems. model. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and also the, the fact that they're guaranteed a profit. Yeah, by governments, which is right. uh, the, yeah, yeah for, that, that's insane in my perspective. Er, from my perspective, and it's, it's the just reason, it's literally just it's it's just proliferating the inefficiency, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. it's uh, it, there's no wonder that Warren Buffett it owns utilities. It's for that reason. Like, how, you know, how, how can you lose when you're guaranteed a profit? And you, you, <laughs> you can't. Industry. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so great business model they have going there. I don't blame them. Um, but how can they change? Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be. I mean, w there's so many lobbyists and there's so much money there. I'm not going to get into the politics of it, uh, but it, it's it's got to start with choice, uh, individual choice. Once the individuals start demanding this, uh, I think then uh, more and more, then I think we'll see that change. No, thank you, Tom. And as you know, Tom, just to good segue into sort of at Renew Executive Search, we work with clients and candidates globally in the renewable space who are either seeking to grow their businesses or their career by matching the best sort of top talent with companies looking to grow. Uh, what are some of the qualifications you think are needed to succeed in renewable industry? Uh, yes, so adaptation, uh, for, I, I would say first and foremost, and perseverance. Perseverance. Um, yeah, the the adaptation I already discussed earlier, but the that perseverance, you know, much like like being successful in any career or business, uh, w with with renewables, it's um, 
I think a, a little bit more because there are so many changes and you're going to, uh, there, there have been so, so much resistance at different levels. So I, I believe perseverance and adaptation will go a, a very long way. Yeah. And sort of the, the flip side of that coin, sort of when you see people fail in the sector, what are the typical reasons for that? I'm looking at specific examples here and it's when companies fail over the past, uh, we'll say 10 or 15 years, it's because they haven't been able to adapt. Uh, one example here is uh, uh, big and small companies, by the way, this isn't, um, you know, it's not like one part of the market is immune to these things. The investment tax credit uh, with the ITC is what we call it here. And that's been uh, very generous over the years, the federal investment tax credit. And a lot of uh, residential stallers, installers relied on that. It's basically a 30% coupon uh, for, for the homeowner. Yeah, it's or, it's right. an amazing incentive. Yeah, yeah. It, it's great. But it can become uh, a drug as well, right? <laughs> there, and there you go. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. When you're relying on these things to drive an entire yeah. industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need that's going to be taken away, and mm -hmm. there's going to be some withdrawal symptoms, and uh, the, yeah, you're going to need a crutch for a while. And, and uh, so, as it changes, um, th that's what happens. You know, when one company or industry le relies on one thing, and then it's taken away, there's going to be a lot of failures. So, if you don't adapt, that's what's going to happen. Have you seen a lot of difference uh, across across states, where they have different incentives on how companies have responded and sort of. Oh, very much. Yes. Uh, there's, there's really only a handful of states that, uh, that um, uh, really push renewables and, and have great incentives out there. One of them I mentioned earlier is Massachusetts. That, that market's been doing very well for, for many years. Uh, California is uh, another. Um, and, you know, right now, like in, in Florida, sometimes it ebbs and flows, and I'm not sure the reason behind that. Um, but I, I believe overall the, the underlying reason is, um, um, uh, you know, you need that political will and that all starts with the individual. So I think that's where most of it, as, as, uh, it makes more and more economic sense, you're going to see, uh, things change across the country, state by state. That's fantastic. And, and I guess education as well, because I guess you still, you touched upon that earlier that you saw education as a, as a critical element, I guess the ability to communicate your message as yeah, de definitely. Yeah, uh, it's it's mostly well accepted at this point, you know, throughout the country. But there are going to be states and and pockets people want to cling to fossil fuels, and they, and it's mostly because they they've been using it for so long that they are reluctant to change. Tom, you've been working in in different industries. Uh, how different would you say it is to be working in the renewables or solar space compared to just other industries you've experienced? The the biggest difference is all this change that's going on. Uh, I, I think th that is uh, first and foremost the, the biggest the biggest difference between um, industries, and usually it's not this volatile or uh, changing. You know, there's just big waves here and there. So that would uh, definitely be the the biggest uh, difference. Fantastic. And so for our listeners out there who might be thinking about going into the renewables beyond sort of the doing good for the environment. Is there anything else you would sort of say that it takes they should be aware of? We talked about adaptation, uh, agility. With any real career, it's where are you going to find that motivation? And you know, where, what are you going to want to wake up to do every day? That's mm. what you, you need to find, mm -hmm. right? It took me uh, you know, more than a year to discern and, and to make that jump from one, one career, a very lucrative career, by the way, to, to this. It wasn't easy. It was, you know, saying goodbye to all the, the prior things or a lot of it anyway. 
And um, uh, so I, I would say that the biggest thing is to follow that voice in your head. Uh, you know, what drives you finding that motivation and, you know, maybe not every single day. Of course, there are many days where you don't want to get out of bed or whatnot, but um, hopefully not too many, <laughs> hopefully not too many, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, just getting started, even like you said, you're a lot of, if you're a lot of your listeners are um, debating or really discerning on whether or not to uh, go into renewables. Um, yeah. T- take your time. It's not an easy jump. This is, this could affect your entire life. Um, but if it's something you really feel driven to do, uh, you know, three months, six months, one year from now, I would say, please uh, listen to that voice and follow, follow that passion. Yeah. So just, it's a good segue into sort of our last question. We always like to ask our guests sort of what words of advice or counsel they can give to those who are looking to try to grow in renewables career or perhaps go into it for the first time. What would you say to them? Okay, yeah, th- that's kind of what I was uh, addressing there. So sorry if I, I kind of, I, no, I, it feels like I answered that already. Um, but uh, I, uh, let me just uh, touch upon that already. So yeah, not only is it uh, following that, but once you do make that uh, jump and you start going into the career, it only took me a few weeks after that year, year and a half of discernment. And uh, by the way, it, you know, I, I was older. I was almost forty when I got, went into my uh, got my MBA mm. for renewable energy, and so you know, one of the older ones in the crowd there. But um, man, a- after just two weeks in, in that program, I knew it, I made the right decision. Mm. Um, so it, when you get into it, and if if you still find that you're even further motivated, or yeah, it was the right decision, um, yeah, learn as much as you can as quickly as you can uh, and uh, drink from the fire hose, if you will. So uh, (laughs) just get in and start doing and learning and uh, uh, you'll, you'll eventually find that right path and job. Thank you so much, Tom Selton, president of Transition Energy for being with us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, If any of the listeners out there enjoyed it, please subscribe on the iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast and do share it with your friends and family colleagues. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for listening to Renewables Going Mainstream with Brand Hanley and Christian Crown, partners at Renew Executive Search. We hope you enjoyed hearing our renewable industry experts' stories as much as we enjoyed recording them. If you want to learn more about this fast-growing sector and learn how you can become more involved, please subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brand, Christian, Renewable Executive Search, and the booming renewables industry, visit www.goforrenew.com. That's www.go4renew.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode of Renewables Going Mainstream.